The Money Show. Small business. With Pablo Fatidis. Talking this evening, rain for Bruce, by the way, but talking this evening, how do you build a business when capable talent is scarce or unaffordable? Joining us is Pablo Fertides. He's the founder at Auric Business Accelerator. Pablo, hi, it's been a while. It has been, Ray. How are your skills coming along? Because <laughs> if they're growing, you're becoming scarcer and scarcer, not only in South Africa, but across Europe, across the UK, across the economy of the United States, already one of the big issues that are delaying the over $1 trillion investment in infrastructure across the U.S. is the fact that there aren't enough, for example, Ray, surveyors. Hmm. That makes sense. That Skills actually, are a challenge. That actually makes sense, Pavlo. It really does make sense. What worries me the most, what worries a lot of people the most, is this is only going to get worse. Well, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And here's the reality. If you're a business owner, the global shortage of skills is not a problem, Ray, if you don't want to grow. And here's the thing. If you're not growing within your industry, within your sector, I promise you, you are dying. And the reason is because there are competitors in your environment that in South Africa, where the economy generally grows very slowly or very poorly because of government policy and all sorts of other issues in our past, the only place to get growth is to outcompete and outplay your competitors. So if you are satisfied to grow your business at inflation plus 1% or 2%, which is where most businesses in the mid-tier are growing, Ray, be warned, beware. Mm. Forearmed is forewarned. You have got competitors out there that out of necessity are growing. If you want to grow, then you have to build a business that will lessen the reliance on your growth being dependent on skills. Because if those skills are around, they're going to be scarce. They're going to be expensive. And Ray, I know I'm going to upset a lot of people, yeah. but they're going to be unreliable because that's just the nature of scarce skills. They will move to where the next buck is higher. That's interesting, where the next buck is higher. But isn't this good news for those who are listening to this interview? And I say that because many, many youngsters will be looking at careers and perhaps they want to become something that is scarce. Perhaps they want to make a lot of money. Well, <laughs> go do it. Go forth. Go forth, my warrior. Go forth and make a lot of money. Mm. If you're building a business to make a lot of money, and that's your ambition and drive in starting the business, I'm, I would be very, very surprised to see you last more than a year to three years. If you're building a business to do something useful for society, well, then you're going to have a far greater and far longer lasting impact. Because here's the reality. Your customers don't care, Ray, if what you are doing, you're doing in order to make money, if that's your ambition. Your customers, whoever they are, will care because you can solve a problem for them and you can do so for fair value through a good experience. So if you're going to start a business, don't start with the ambition of saying, I want to be mega wealthy. I want to make a ton of cash. Yeah. Start with the ambition thing. I'm going to build a business that will be in service of society, more importantly, in service of a well-defined group of customers that I want to serve. And in order to do that, 
My product is irrelevant. My service is irrelevant. My price is irrelevant. The only thing that matters in those early stages is to identify who that customer is, that group of customers, and then go and ask them, what problem can I solve for you if I'm in the injection molding industry, if I'm an architect, Mm. if I'm in food services? How does that problem that you have that I can solve with my product and service come about? What should my product and service look like? What criteria should it have? What features should it have? What pricing should it have? What support should I provide around it to make the experience of you buying the product or service to solve your problem consistent and consistent enough for you to do it again and again and again with me? That's the starting point of any business. If you go into business with that in the front of your mind, you're in for a winner. You know, something interesting, Ray, yeah. 282,000 people in the U.S. in this last quarter who lost their jobs through COVID lockdowns and the economy never filed for unemployment insurance. That's interesting. And the reason they never did it is because they've all identified opportunities to solve problems for groups of clients and customers that they had found, discovered, and learned about during their period of previous employment. Sure. That, it is a great time it, to start a business for that reason alone. I mean, Pavlo, because that, the, the, sorry, there's this quite, sorry, just come in there. There's quite, there's quite, <laughs> That's quite incredible. What I'm trying to say is quite incredible. It shows entrepreneurship. It shows gusto. Yeah, it shows gusto, but more importantly, more importantly, for those individuals to feel confident, right? Because I, I promise you, in South Africa, most people, and this is true globally, you know, the States has, has quite a strong exception around it, but globally, most people start a business out of sheer necessity, so in the early stages when you start your business, yes, of course you're starting it to make money. And of course you're starting it to put food on the table for your family. But if that is the driver, shift and switch your mind to say, how can it be a useful business? Because that's the only way to make it a sustainable business. Yeah, you're quite right. You're quite right. Now, something else I want to touch on as well. That's building yourself. That's building your business. But going back to that skill shortage, should we not be retaining more interns? Should we not be building our business? Perhaps even put a clause in to say, you've got to work with me for five years, then you can't leave. Something like that. Yeah, you know, we have a very, very inflexible labor law that makes it very difficult to be more creative around giving young recruits real opportunities. And I feel sorry for anyone who's at that very, very early stage of their careers because you apply for a job, they look at your CV. Firstly, there's nothing to show. Secondly, the person says, well, I tell you what, Ray, come back when you've got some experience. Mm -hmm. I like you as a person. I like your values. I like your character. But you don't know anything and you know nothing and that makes you perfectly useless to me and expensive for me to hold on to. So come back when you have experience and you sit there scratching your head saying, well, <laughs> where am I going to get the experience if nobody's going to give me an opportunity? Yeah. And there are a number of different approaches that you can choose to take. 
a number of different approaches. In my very, very first ever real opportunity, I bought a business, Ray, for a rand, mm. but I took on all the debt and all the risk at 22. And it was hell from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m., literally for the first three years. But eventually, thankfully, it turned around. Another approach is to go to a company and say, listen, I believe in your business. Really? You do, right? Show it to me. And you need to demonstrate that you've thought about the business, you've thought about the products, you've thought about what they do, you've been onto the website, you've actually researched them, and you are are committed to wanting to be in that industry, in that business. Mm. And then the person's going to say to you, thank you very much, Ray, but you have no experience. Yeah. Problem. And you're going to say, yes, I know. I know. But here's the deal. Pay simply for my transport and allow me to put some food on the table. 3,000 rand a month, 2,000 rand a month for the first three months. Give me tasks and let me show that I have the ability to listen. I have the ability to learn. I have the ability to be diligent. I have the ability to be responsible. And at the end of the three-month period, you would have gotten all those qualities for a mere 3,000 Rand Mm. per month. And then we can sit down and reassess where I can be useful for fair play, for fair wage. Yeah, yeah. It's another way of building up experience where you never had it before. Is it not is, is, is it not also about the type of person that you are employing or perhaps the type of person that you are? Because not everybody, you give somebody 3,000 Rand, they may squander that. It takes that special person with drive to say, take a chance on me and I'll do this. We just, we don't have enough of those people. Well, you know what? That's also a choice because the one thing everybody has 100% control over is their attitude. And the attitude you choose to hold in your brain, in your head, will, without you realizing, change the way that you behave every day. And the way you behave, the activities, the actions that you perform, build out the result of your life. Without fail. You know, Ray, whenever I walk into a business, Mm. I always ask, I always ask the business owners, what do you do every month, then every week, and then I move into every day? Because the actions of each and every day tell me what your attitude is towards your business and can also soothsay and forecast the future outcome of your business. And I think that's a pretty remarkable thing. Yeah. When somebody understands that the way I behave today is because of how my attitude is. And given that I've got control over my attitude because I can choose to change my mind, it will change my behavior and it will give me a different result. We have a remarkable degree of control, not only over our lives, ourselves, but especially the future of our businesses. 
Yeah, I like that. It's all about attitude. Pavlov Fatidis, founder at Auric Business Accelerator. Good to have you on The Money Show. And I think that's the whole thing. It comes down to that. What is the attitude you're going to have with your business to other people? And perhaps that rubs off on the people that you employ, the people that you see every single day. And perhaps you get to the point where those people oh, want to be like you. They want to take over your business. They want to do something with it. Good discussion this evening.